Yes, guys. Okay, so quick update, y'all. I have been banned from TikTok. Um, I don't exactly know why I've been banned. Um, I think you guys were on, for those of you who were on IG, you guys noticed at the end of my, um, at the end of the live, I, um, I just noticed, oh my goodness, I just got cut off. And apparently, um, my live was suspended and I believe it was suspended due to, uh, the violation was, uh, the promotion of illegal activities and, uh, weapons and firearms, I guess. Um, anyway, I figured that was probably someone who sent a complaint and, you know, Instagram just immediately just responded to it and suspended my account. So I sent an appeal and after sending an appeal, I just assumed, okay, I should get a response. You know, once the appeal has been sent, I sent the appeal and, um, and then like two hours later, I get, you know, I just went on, you know, on, on TikTok just to post my next video on TikTok. And then I couldn't log in. And all of a sudden this box pops up and says that my account has been permanently banned. So my, as of right now, my TikTok is banned, but here's the weird thing about it. The, the thing that's odd about that is that the, the thing that's odd about it is that the, the account, while my account is banned, it's still accessible. People can actually still go on there and see my content. So that's actually pretty weird that I'm banned from using my own account, but my content is still out there. That's the first thing that's weird. And then the other thing that's odd about it is that I have sent multiple complaints to TikTok in regards to uh, uh, fake accounts that have been created using my profile picture, my likeness, and these fake accounts are actually going out and, and um, praying on my followers to ask them for donations. Um, and so there are people who have actually informed me and told me that they've given donations thinking that they gave them donations to me. And that, th that upsets me. Um, that upsets me that, you know, TikTok has responded to someone's complaint about my account, but yet they have not responded to my complaint in regards to other fake accounts that have been created with my name and my likeness. And all they did is, you know, just adjusted, you know, the profile name. Um, and, and so that, that upsets. First of all, I'm, I'm hurt by those who have been exploited um, and have been taken advantage of. And I just want to say this real quick, and I, I want to put all this out there. You won't ever get a DM from me about a donation. You will never ever get a DM from me asking you for money. And I cannot think of an instance where I will message even the group as a whole and ask the group for a particular or specific amount to give. That's not me. And so if you ever get a message about um, some nonprofit that I'm supporting or uh, an orphanage in Africa or anything of that nature. If it ends with me asking you for money, it is fake. It is a lie. Do not, I repeat, do not, do not send money to, if it's me, don't send money to me because that's just not me. 
That's not my MO. That's not how I operate. It's not how I, how I function. It's not how I do ministry either. And so, um, I just want to throw that out there that there are some people and it, that it hurts me. And I know, um, um, I have a particular, um, sister in Christ who, man, I, I love her very much. And she's been so supportive of what we've been doing. Um, she's been encouraging and supportive. Come to find out, um, last week, that she she's been giving until she found out that there are all these fake accounts that she's been giving or that she has given to another account in my name and that that you know that 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 hurts that hurts to see that and and so you know I, I of course I want to, I want that issue resolved as soon as possible but I also want to avoid this happening again um, and or at least mitigate it and so anyway I had sent messages to TikTok TikTok never responded and this is for months now. That sent messages. But to see that my account was banned, the actual authentic real account banned, and for the fake accounts with that, that, that are masquerading as me, that they're still up and running, that to me just blows my mind. It's, 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 it's confusing. I, I don't understand it. If someone can make it make sense, please make it make sense how the fake accounts with my name masquerading as me using my picture and my likeness they aren't violating community guidelines, but my account was banned for the violation of community guidelines. So anyway, um, I have some my complaints and, you know, I hope to get a favorable result, but we're here and we're going to make the most of it. We're going to do the best that we can with what we have. And so I know I'm, I'm losing a lot of my TikTok people. Um, I'm, I was actually wrestling with this today as we get into the reading rank. So you guys can go ahead and turn your Bibles there. But what I was uh, to, to Proverbs um, chapter seven, but I was wrestling with it this morning because I was like, the the whole purpose of the read and rant is to journey with people in the reading of the word. I want you to read the word along with me and journey with me in the reading of the word. And so to see that I've got um, a whole, you know, few hundred of you who are on TikTok who now don't know what's going on, unless you're following me on Instagram, you don't know what's going on. So there's a whole a whole group of you right now who. You're just in the dark. You think I'm not on right now. And so it's it's been a challenge for me to, you know, I've been wrestling with whether or not I should, you know, continue the reading when I've got a whole community of people who read every day with us who's not here. So this is what I'm going to do. Um, if you are a patron, you know that after every read and rant, I post the, uh, the, the read and rants basically maybe 10 minutes later on Patreon. And I know it gets on the Reading Rant podcast, but it doesn't get on the Reading Rant podcast until maybe a month or so from now. And so, yes, our patrons get the benefit of getting the content right away. But what I want to do temporarily while we're adjusting to all of this and trying to figure out what the new thing is, you know, what our new rhythm is going to be, what platform we're going to use, if TikTok even restores my account, I don't know. What I'm going to do is, is I'm going to provide those uh, these readings that we're doing right now right away on Patreon. So I want you to go ahead and and it'll, it'll, it'll be available for the public, okay? So that way everybody gets it because I don't want the people who've been journeying with me to miss out on our time in the reading of the word together because that's that's actually why we're here. That's why, that's why we do this. We do this so that we can read every day together. The patrons get a bonus that they get to go back and listen to it again. But I'm going to make it available. And if you know anyone who's on TikTok, who follows me on TikTok, who doesn't have Instagram, let them know that I am on Twitter. 
but also let them know that it will be available for, you know, their consumption on Patreon. And so um, if you can, please save this. It's patreon.com slash Isaac Frere. Patreon.com slash Isaac Frere. It'll be available to you. I'll actually post it as well in the text. If you're not following my text, and this is, if there's anything that I'm asking for you guys to do, because not only can this happen on TikTok, but this can also happen on Instagram, okay? A creator can just be banned. And all of a sudden, you don't have access to the people that you have been ministering to and been sharing the word with. And so I want to encourage you right now, okay? If you want to take a pause real quick, I'll give you like a minute to do this, is make sure you text me or save the text, 954-231-1848. 954-231-1848. That way, if anything were to go down, at least you guys will know where to find me. Okay. Um, if Instagram, Instagram can shut me down. Not only did TikTok shut me down, I just lost access to 700, my 700,000 followers on TikTok. So now I can't get the message to them. And if I wanted to update them, I have no way of updating them because they're gone, right? And so if they were part of my text list, then I would have been able to just text them and let them know, hey guys, my my, my TikTok is, don- is down. Come join me on Instagram or come and join me on Clubhouse or come and join me on Twitter Spaces. I got people on Twitter Spaces right now, so I'm glad you guys are here. This is my first time using Twitter Spaces for a read and rant. And so anyway, this is, this is our time in the reading of the word, but I wanted to get all that out of the way, Okay. Um, and I will, I will say this, not only should you send a text, so that way you're part of my text group, because so, I, I, I will text you guys updates as we go, but I also want to encourage you, join my email list. I was never a big email guy, full disclosure, never big on, oh, you know, m- you know, you need to build an email list. I was never big on that. Now I'm more convinced than ever that these platforms, if they seek to suppress in any way, or just shut down your account because some people are offended because the gospel is offensive, right? Um, the gospel is an offense. The scriptures tell us that the gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing, but for those who are being saved, it is the power of God. Um, and so there are those of us right now who maybe this has been a blessing to us, but then there are people who may find offense to this and may simply report me. And all of a sudden I lose all my, 50,000 followers on Instagram, and then we don't have access to this. So this is all to say, guys, I want to encourage you right now to click on the link in the bio. Okay. Just take a moment, click the link in the bio, and there's a button there that says, join the email list, join the email list. That way you stay updated. I don't email, I email maybe once a week with updates on the Read and Rant podcast. You won't get more than five emails a month. Okay. But at least if something is going down, you guys will know and you'll know where to find me if anything changes, if I get a new account and if I start a new account. That way you guys will know exactly where to go. So I want to encourage you guys to do that. And if you know anyone who's following me who may not be on this live today, I want you to also encourage them. But I will be posting this on Patreon. So go ahead and just follow my Patreon, even if you can't become a patron yet or you're not ready to become a patron yet. By the way, I thank all my patrons. You guys are amazing. Um, your words of encouragement have been great. You guys have been praying. I've gotten messages from you guys. Um, but Patreon is really where I do my more close, intimate um, connection with 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 my community 
and my folks. And so anyway, um, I, I just want to just encourage you guys right now to just follow me on Patreon because the content will be there. So this reading rant will be available to you. And if you know someone who's on TikTok, who, who doesn't have access to this content and doesn't have access to Instagram and is like, wait, but I've been reading the word with him for the last two months. What's going on now? Uh, how do I keep, how do I stay up to date? How do I keep up? I'm going to make that available to you until we have this all figured out. Okay. So anyway, for those of you who are here, and I'm assuming a lot of you have been here, you know, have been journeying with me over the past year, for some of you, a few months, for some of you, two weeks, this is the read and rant. And what we do, what we endeavor to do is to spend time devoting 20 minutes or so to the reading of the word. And then I'll spend another 20 or 30 minutes in reflection of the word. What we aspire to do, family, is to read through the entire Bible together. That's it. To read through the entire Bible together. Because in reading the entire scripture, it will provide you a perspective that maybe you had never seen before. This Bible that seems so intimidating to you, this, this Bible that often you know, scares people and makes people think, man, I just need an expert to tell me what this says. Um, and maybe you just feel, hey, you know what? I Even when I read verses here and there, I don't feel like I have the big picture. I don't feel like I fully understand it, but I'm trying to get as much as I can. Well, I came to tell you today, that there's power in just simply reading through it, even if you don't fully understand it, just to engage with God, endeavoring to know him more simply through the reading of his word. It's not simply about having doctrinal understanding. It's about getting to know God. For the scriptures tell us that salvation is knowing God. So today we're going to continue our reading of Proverbs. I know this is going to be a little bit shorter since I spent some time really catching everybody up to what's been going on. Uh, But I want to encourage you right now, Um, just to go to Proverbs. And this is what we're going to do. This isn't a Bible study. This is a meditational reading. So as we read, I want to encourage you to ask three questions, prayerfully ask three questions. God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? That's the first question. The second question that you're going to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning people? That's the second question. And the third question that you're going to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning me. God, what are you revealing concerning me? Let's endeavor to read God's word today. Father, I ask, Lord, as we engage with your word, Father, I pray that you would um, speak to us today. Lord, we, um, Lord, find ourselves in uh, disequilibrium, um, but not in disarray. Um, We are pressed down. We're shaken, but not disturbed. We're persecuted, but we are not abandoned. We're struck down, but we are not destroyed. And so, Father, I just thank you that you've brought us here to come and to read your word. And so, um, bless us today. Bless us today. And we ask that in your name we pray. Amen. And amen. Um, We're on Twitter spaces and we are on IG. This is all new. I'm good to see all y'all on Twitter spaces. So glad you guys are here. Proverbs 7, if you can't turn your Bible there, and it says this, my son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Keep my commandments and live and my law as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister. 
and call understanding your nearest kin, that they may keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. Hmm. For at the windows of my house, I looked through my lattice and I saw among the simple, I perceived among the youth, a young man devoid of understanding, passing along the street near her corner. And he took the path to her house in the twilight, in the evening, and in the black and dark night. And there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. She was loud and rebellious. Her feet would not stay at home. At times she was outside, at times in the open square, lurking at every corner so she caught him and kissed him. With an impudent face, she said to him, I have peace offerings with me. Today I have paid my vows. So I came out to meet you diligently to seek your face, and I have found you. I have spread my bed with tapestry, colored coverings of Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with love, for my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him and will come home on the appointed day. With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Immediately, he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks till an arrow struck his liver. As a bird hastens to the snare, he did not know it would cost his life. Now, therefore, listen to me, my children. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths, for she has cast down many wounded. And all who were slain by her were strong men. Her house is the way to hell, descending to the chambers of death. Strong words. Does not wisdom cry out? And understanding lift up her voice. She takes her stand on the top of the high hill beside the way where the paths meet. She cries out by the gates at the entry of the city, at the entrance of the doors, to you, O men, I call. And my voice is to the sons of men, O you simple ones, understanding prudence. And you fools, be of an understanding heart. Listen, for I will speak of excellent things, and from the opening of my lips will come right things. For my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. They are all plain to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Receive my instruction and not silver. And knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies. In all things one may desire cannot be compared with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles, all the judges of the earth. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honor are with me, 
enduring riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold. My revenue than choice silver. I traverse the way of righteousness and in the midst of the path of justice that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I have established from everlasting, from the beginning, before there was ever an earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the fountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world. And my delight was with the sons of men. Now, therefore, listen to me, my children. For blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise, and do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, watching at the posts of my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. All those who hate me love death. Ah, there's a lot there, fam. There's a lot there. Let's read one more. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has also furnished her table. She has sent out her maidens. She cries out from the highest places of the city. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, come eat my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake foolishness and live and go in the way of understanding. (laughs) He who corrects a scoffer gets shame for himself. And he rebukes a wicked man only harms himself. Do not correct a scoffer lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will still be wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Goodness gracious. For by me, your days will be multiplied and the years of life will be added to you. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. And if you scoff, you will bear it alone. A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knows nothing. For she sits at the door of her house on a seat by the highest places of the city to call to those who pass by, who go straight on her way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And as for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten is in secret is pleasant. 
but he does not know that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of hell. I'm going to stop right here. And if I can devote a few moments to reflection as we've been navigating through the scriptures, um, I'm glad to see that there are those of you who actually made the switch over and now you guys are on Instagram because again, TikTok has um, banned my account. And so it's good to see a lot of you there. I've opened up Twitter spaces as well. And I see a few of you on Twitter spaces as well. So it's good to see you all. Good to see that you guys are participating in our time in the reading of the word. I will say this because again, I'm, I'm not entirely sure if everybody here is familiar with what we do here. But what we devote every morning, every weekday morning with a whole community of people from all around the world is we devote our time in the reading of the word. Um, we were reading through the entire scripture from Genesis all the way to Revelation. We started off this thing, first reading from Matthew all the way to Revelation. And then afterwards we went back around and now we're reading through, uh, we're reading through Genesis all the way now to the book of Proverbs. And we're going to read it all the way to Malachi. And then from Malachi, we're going to read it all the way to Revelation. So that's all to say, y'all, is we have endeavored to actually read the totality of the word. And what I said yesterday, I'll repeat this and I'll iterate it one more time. But one of the things that I aspire towards is to see people finally see the scriptures for what they actually say, not for what somebody tells them that they say. Because often what we do is, is we wait for the spiritual professional to tell us what the word says on Sunday and then to explain to us what the word says, only realizing that when all you've got is 52 weeks in a year and all you got is 52 weeks in a year in a one hour sermon, there's no way you're going to get the totality of the scripture and what the scripture says. No way you're going to understand what the word is actually saying. Sundays aren't really a good place for teaching. Can I just kind of point this out real quick? And this is just for the pastors and for the ministers. Who I, you know, I, I say things and sometimes those things I say can get me into some trouble and maybe I'll get into some trouble now. I guess it got me banned on TikTok, did it not? <laughs> but I, 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 I find myself, you know, more and more convinced that Sunday is not the place to actually do teaching. We're doing a Bible study today, actually, on Patreon about Sunday and the Sunday service and the Sunday worship. And we'll talk a little bit about how this has become a golden calf of the church, that the Sunday worship now has become the thing that you do. That's church. And if and, and, and it's it's the it's the holy Sabbath of Christians, as if now there's a Sabbath. But I'm more convinced now than ever. Take a, take that to the side for a second. But I'm more convinced now than ever. Sunday is not the place for pastors to focus their time on teaching. Just think about this for a second. You preach now, on average, between 30 minutes to an hour. And you think that 30 minutes to an hour, once a week, for 52 weeks, is sufficient to actually build up the body of Christ? Where do they do that at? I think we have to change our paradigm for Sunday. That Sunday is not the place that you go to be taught the scripture, but it's the place that you go to be encouraged, to be built up, to bring people to hear the simplicity of the gospel and to allow a space 
throughout the entire week to devote in the teaching of the word, to get in depth in the scripture. There are people today who think that that one hour of teaching that they get for 52 weeks, assuming you have perfect attendance and you know you don't have perfect attendance. Yeah, there are people that presume that that one hour a week gives you all that you need to truly understand what the Bible says. And that alone is a travesty. That alone is sad. I think we need to shift our focus and to shift our attention to spending time in the word, in the way that we are right now, and just to read through it, read through it, to spend time to steep in it, to devote time in it. There are other spaces and other places to preach, but don't think that your your Sunday worship is going to be good enough for you. That's all I have to say about that. But as we have been devoting our time in the book of Proverbs, the big picture, which I hope a lot of you are actually finally being exposed to, is that the big picture of this speaks about this, this, this God who institutes order to chaos, who on a broad level is this word righteousness, who is making all things and binding all things together, holding all things together. And and now there's this force, this law that brings all things into system, into coincidence, bringing all things into operation, holding all things together, bringing order to chaos. The earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God hovered over the waters and God said, let there be light. And so now we see a God who's bringing justice, who's bringing order to all of it. And and so what holds all of this together is the word of God. What holds all this together is the creativity of God, the essence of God. What holds all of this together is the character the heart of God. All of that is holding all of this together. This is the, this is the law. <laughs> when we think of the law, we think of the law as um, a set of rules that people ought to follow, but not a system that we ought to thrive in. Let me say that one more time. There are those of us, and this is going to all make sense when we get into our reading, because this is what we're going to transition into as we transition into Proverbs chapter 10. But when we think of the law in the Bible, what we think of the law as is a bunch of rules to follow. You know, the rules that we need to follow to be good Christians, rules that we need to follow in order to be saved, rules that, and so we think of the law as a set of rules, like a legal system. But rather, we don't think of the law as a system in which we've been given the privilege to thrive in. The law is just like gravity, just like magnetism, that when we know it, we know now the means by which we can thrive in it. The law encompasses the heart 
the holiness, the righteousness, the justice of God. And yet we're so busy thinking of it in a legal sense that we don't actually sit back to realize how Christ gave us power over our sins and over the law and over all that is broken. I was saying this yesterday um, to someone who I was just having a time of fellowship with him. And it's something that it was a conversation that I was having with a brother. And it's profound because when we think of Jesus, we think that Jesus just came to free us from the consequences of the law. That's what we think. We think that Jesus came to free us for the law, but but that's not that's not what Jesus says. He says, I didn't come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill it. So we're so busy thinking of Jesus as just the guy who died on the cross that freed us from the consequences of the law that we missed out on what Jesus actually is doing. Because what God wanted to do is God wanted to have relationship with you. Jesus came to have relationship with you. He didn't die on the cross simply for your sins. He died on the cross to have relationship with you, but he had to die for your sins in order to make that happen. Hmm. God came to be joined with his people, to be cleaved with his people. He just had to die on a cross for your sins to do it. And I think this is the part that people miss on because we're too busy thinking of the law as a system of things that we ought to follow, not a system in which all things are being held together. Just like gravity, just like magnetism, just like all the physical laws that we're so well aware of. God's righteousness is a law. It's a system. And so God's character, his righteousness, his justice, what is right and what is wrong, all encompasses in it. And so now if we know it and learn it and we get to see it and live it, then we will truly thrive in it, find flourishing in it. And this is where Proverbs comes into play. Because when God creates all things, when God creates the universe and everything in it, God doesn't create it separate of himself. I'm sorry if I bring other Bible in because I want to bring all this together for you to explain to you why Proverbs is so profound, why Proverbs matters. So I'm going to bring a little bit of other scripture that maybe some of you are familiar with and maybe you're not. That's okay. If you've been with us from the read and ramp from the beginning, you've heard me read this. But in John chapter one, it says, in him, all things consist. He is in all things and in him, all things consist. When we think of the universe and all that is in it, we have a tendency to just separate God from it, not realizing that God has intertwined his very being in all of it. And so in coincidence with gravity is his righteousness. In coincidence with magnetism is his righteousness. In coincidence, y'all see where I'm at? So in coincidence with all of that is the righteousness of 
God. And so then you cannot separate God from his creation. He's intimately involved with it, intimately involved with us. And you're saying, okay, I got you, pastor. Why does any of this matter? Because wisdom is not what we have made it out to be. Wisdom is the other side of the coin of the righteousness of God. Please pay very close attention to this. Wisdom is the other side, the other force, and the way that there's gravity and magnetism, there's wisdom and there's righteousness. (laughs) I know I'm not in full teach mode here. but I have to at least bring you to this space so that way you can understand where I am. As I'm reading through Proverbs, we sometimes oversimplify Proverbs. We take the book of Proverbs and we simply look at it as a father writing to a son about great life advice, morality, how we should live, the right things to do. So we look at Proverbs, and we just simply look at it as good things, good things to do, you know, things that are, that make sense to do, but not understanding that it is very much intertwined in the system of all things. Sorry if I get a little heavy here. (laughs) But when we read the text and we see this father who's writing to his son about wisdom. We hear a woman and we say, well, wisdom is a female. Man, it's so tough. I'm not going to go down that rabbit trail right now. I'm not going to go down that. We'll save that for a Bible study on Patreon. We'll save that for a Bible study on Patreon. But we see a father speaking to his son in an endearing way about what wisdom is. And he explains it in a way that is abstract so that he can understand that while it is abstract, there's something deeply connecting to it. It is endearing. And so he's speaking about wisdom and he's giving him all this, all all, all these proverbs. But notice we haven't seen the proverbs yet. Okay. I want to make sure y'all understand that as well. We're seeing the introduction to proverbs and what proverbs, um, What Proverbs 1 through 9 is, and that's kind of why it's a good place to stop here. What Proverbs 1 through 9 is, is it's, it is the prelude to the actual Proverbs. And what the father who's writing to his son is saying, is he's saying, what I'm about to say next, what you're about to read next, this thing that is wisdom is way bigger than just good little nuggets for you to follow. This is about how we live when we are in the righteousness of God. This is how we live when we are steeped in the justice of God. This is how, this is what comes out of how, of of our revelation of who God is in his heart. This is what bubbles out of you when 
God becomes central in your life. This is what happens when you have an intimate relationship with wisdom. This is what happens when you are an intimate, um, you know, this, this word knowing, um, I, you know, just because I know this is gonna, this, this is going to get a little weird here, but but the word knowing is a very intimate word. Adam knew Eve and bore a son. When the text tells us about knowing, it was the same word for intercourse. When we talk about knowing something, it was an intimate oneness, a becoming, a fusing, a joining, a cleaving. It was deeply relational. It was deeply um, intimate. And so when we know wisdom, we're not simply knowing just a bunch of good rules and good things to follow, but we cleave with her. And we join with her. And then through that now, these things bubble out. Here's the problem. We will read Proverbs 10 all the way to uh, Proverbs 29. We will read Proverbs 10 to Proverbs 29, and we'll see all these wise nuggets and these things. And we go, man, that's a good one. I need to keep that. And that's a good one. I need to keep that. And, ooh, this is a good one. I need to do that. This is a good one. And that's not what Proverbs is actually saying. Proverbs is saying, once you know what wisdom is, and once you know her, like once you know wisdom, these are the things that just bubble out. <laughs> these are the things that bubble out when you know wisdom. And yet wisdom can be contrasted with the harlot. You know, we talk about this crafty harlot and the harlot is always... People think, okay, this is the this is the woman that you ought not to be. Let me just do a little quick side note here, and I just want to throw this out here because some people need to hear this. This is important. Um, we'll get to it when we get to it. But when you see references to a woman or to the woman, you have to understand that it's speaking not specifically, not necessarily specifically to a particular woman, but to a more abstract idea of humanity. So when you see these things being spoken about the woman, even the Proverbs 31 woman, I hate to bust people's bubbles, but Proverbs 31, the Proverbs 31 woman is actually not a woman, it's a people. <laughs> and so and so we see the Proverbs 31 woman and we go, oh, this is what it means for me to be, you know, because we have Proverbs 31, Proverbs 31 conferences and all of that. But this is about a people. This is about a type. This is about a person. This doesn't actually exclude a man. Uh, this doesn't exclude any of that. I know this is, this is, we'll get there when we get there. We'll get to Proverbs 31 when we get there. Um, but this is about a people, not about this is what a woman is supposed to do. And this is what a woman knows. It's actually about a people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we'll come back to that another time. That's not what we're here for. But I want to make sure you understand because there's some people who have actually, uh, I've heard it taught or heard it said, you know, be the Proverbs 31 woman. Don't be the Proverbs 7 woman. Proverbs 7 is not about a woman. It's about a people. It's about a type. And he's speaking about who this woman is. And this woman is in contrast to wisdom. And he's speaking and he's telling her what to avoid and how he can be enticed by her. 
this woman is a harlot. Where else are we going to see a harlot? We'll see the harlot later on in the text. We'll see a harlot later on in, in Revelation. Revelation actually brings points us to Proverbs. There's a reason why we see. If you didn't read the Revelation, read it around, go back and read it. We'll come back to that. But we see the harlot, and he's speaking about um, this harlot and and who she is. For at the window of my house, I looked through my lattice, and I saw among the simple, again, we forget that the actual um, um, literary form of the text is poetry. It's like we, we just forget that. So then we go, oh, this is... He's actually looking out the window of his house and he's actually looking through his lattice and he sees this woman. Who is this woman? <laughs> and, you know, young man devoid. And so he sees, I saw among the simple and I proceed among the youth, a young man devoid of understanding, passing along the street near her corner. And he took to the path of her house and notice now this young man is being enticed by her and, and, and she's crafty and what she presents to him, he, 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 he's seduced by it and he's seduced by her attire. Um, he's seduced by the fact that she is loud and rebellious, that her feet don't stay at home. All this has so much imagery and so many things to point out, but he's speaking about the fool and how the fool can be enticed by the harlotry of the wicked. And then he juxtaposes that against what wisdom is because there's wickedness and then there's wisdom. And in the law of God that holds all these things together, guess what wisdom does? It's the other side of the coin. It's the other force that coincides with the force. It's the magnetism to the gravity. Ooh, I'm just going to keep bringing that up. That where the righteousness of God is, his wisdom bubbles out. Where the wisdom of God is, you will find his righteousness. So he says in verse 11, for wisdom is better than rubies and all things one may desire cannot be compared to her. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Notice there, there's knowledge and then there's wisdom. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. That was the harlot. And notice as he goes down, he says, I judge. He says, for, uh, by me, princes rule and nobles. By wisdom, princes rule and nobles. And all the judges of the earth. Isn't this the authority of God? Isn't this the justice of God? Isn't this the righteousness of God? And yet it is by wisdom, other side to the coin. I love those who love me and those who seek diligently will find me. Wow. And then he says that wisdom was there from the beginning. Verse 23, I have been established from everlasting. Wisdom has always been there because where God is, wisdom is. From the beginning, before there was ever an earth, wisdom existed before there was ever an earth. Wisdom is not just wise advice. Wisdom is just not, it's not just good ideas. Wisdom is intelligent. Wisdom is an Elohim. I know Mike loved that. I know you like that one, Mike. Notice what he says in verse 27. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, 
when he established the clouds above. That sounds like Genesis, doesn't it? Then I was beside him as a master craftsman. And I was daily his delight. His delight. Wisdom is the delight of the creator. And yet the wisdom is the crafty activity of the creative creator. Rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world. And my delight was with the sons of men. Look what's happening here, y'all. Going back to everything that I just said up to this point, wisdom is holding all of this together. Then he says, hear instruction and be wise. Do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me. Wisdom is talking, y'all. Wisdom is talking. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Wisdom is a person to find. Wisdom is a person to discover and to know. And where the creator is creating, imagining, where the creator who sees the earth without form and void and darkness upon the face of the deep, where the creator is looking at all things in the realm of the spirit. Wisdom is bringing it into reality, manifesting the the mind of God in the reality of the earth. And wisdom says, if you find me, you find life. If you find me, you find life. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm out of time. I got five minutes. I didn't think I was going to take that long, but here I am. Because I, you know, I can't help but be even overwhelmed by, by just this moment and, and reading about this and just spending time and really digging into this because I'm, I'm reading this and I'm seeing In now chapter nine, wisdom has built her house. Wisdom has honed out, has hewn out seven pillars, slaughtered her meat, mixed her wine. Wisdom furnishes her table. Wisdom sends out, sends out her maidens. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks nothing, she says to him, forsake foolishness and live. Go in the way of understanding. Wisdom has been putting all of this together. Wisdom has been building all of this up. Wisdom. Wisdom is the very thing that holds us together. If there's anything we should be seeking after, it's wisdom. Not just wise advice. Wisdom. 
And so this thing that is holding the world together, the earth together, this thing that is bringing all these things into activity, this thing is wisdom. I'm going to say something that's going to sound slightly reckless, but hopefully no one, you know, gets too offended by it. We spend more time worrying about the Ten Commandments than we really should. And we don't spend enough time asking ourselves about who wisdom is. We want to obey God's word and bring it into activity in our lives, but we don't actually seek wisdom. And the problem is, the problem is that a lot of folks are still trying to get the rules right, but not enough folks are really trying to know wisdom. But if you would ask God for wisdom, he freely gives wisdom to you. And if we would ask God for wisdom, we would know how we ought to live in God's world. Wisdom is the means by which we overcome the power of sin. Wisdom is the very thing that holds us all together. And wisdom is where we find life. Doesn't the scripture say to us, if you recall, that in him is life and the light of all men in him is life. And yet wisdom is where we find life in him is wisdom. And yet in him, we find wisdom. It's in him. We live and move and have our being. Well, we can do this all day. We can intertwine all of this all day. Let's get to know wisdom. Because if the righteousness of God is the gravity of the world, wisdom is the force of magnetism and electricity that illuminates the world and brings it to life. So let's spend more time praying and seeking wisdom. Wisdom is not learned in books. Wisdom is learned in our relationship with God. Get to know wisdom. Get to know wisdom. The, and I'm going to close with prayer, but before I close with prayer, I want to say this. Um, we're about to read in the next 18 chapters. We're going to be reading about some consistent threads and consistent themes that we see about what happens when someone knows wisdom. We don't do it for wisdom. We, out of wisdom, we have the power to do it. Hmm. And so I want to encourage you that even today, as 
we're about to shift into that direction in the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs is going to give us a lot of great nuggets, a lot of good things. And we're going to talk about a lot of those things. But I had to go really deep with you today and dig in deep with you because for many people, we read Proverbs and we just look to get some good advice. But today I want to shift your thinking to say, get to know wisdom. Get in relationship with wisdom. Submit yourself to wisdom. And I promise you, when you know wisdom, you'll see your life transformed. Love y'all, fam. Father, I just ask right now, Lord, as we close out today, I just pray that you would um, um, just attune our hearts to you today. Lord, we are, um, for many of us, we're relearning and we're rediscovering and we're revisiting things that we thought we knew but didn't know. And maybe now we're starting to see, even as we read this, that Maybe wisdom is just not just a good bunch of good ideas. But wisdom is a person to know. And so, Father, I pray that you would make us aware of the gravity of all of it. <laughs> the magnetism of all of it. The electricity of all of it. And that, Lord, it would finally bring us to life. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.